Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Tony Rio. Once again, good morning and welcome to Community Christian Church. It's so good to have you here this morning. and I, I trust that you've already sensed the presence of the Lord here in this place. As some of you have. You know, the wind may be howling on the outside, but the wind of the Spirit is on the inside. And we are just so fired up over the things that God is saying to us and the things that God is doing for us. We just believe that this is a great day. And it seemed like you know, during our worship time, Phil got zeroed in on that phrase, the Lord is in this place. And I want you to hear that as Pastor Dan discerned and just felt in his heart to, to comment. You know, sometimes we can come into his house out of obligation or we come because it's Sunday morning or we routinely make it to church on Sunday. But the prayer of our heart is all during the service, whether it's during the time that we spend in praise and worship or during the message or at any time that you would acknowledge that God is here for you. And we pray that prayer that God would minister to you and God would touch you. You know, the, the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that there was a time when one of the great patriarchs of the faith, a man by the name of Jacob, you know, Jesus, uh, God identified himself as the God, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, really important guy, that he had an encounter with the living God. And at the end of that encounter, you know what he said? The Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. That can happen to us. It can happen for us to come into his house, into his presence, and not know that he's trying to get our attention. And so to those people that Pastor Dan was addressing earlier, let me just add this and just say, God knows who you are and what you need. And even though this message might go in a different direction than exactly what you'd like it to be, he cares about you. And he can use one word one pause, one note to get your attention and minister to you in a powerful way. And so, Father, I just take this minute right now because this is a moment that you've given to us to acknowledge that you are here, you are among us. Deliver us from the tragedy, Lord, of being in your presence and not knowing it, not understanding it, or being able to discern how much you care about us and how much you love us. And we pray in a special way for the one person or the handful or the many that are needing you, Lord God, to give assurance and hope. And we ask for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, the name above every name. We pray, Lord God, that you would be here with us and you would speak to hearts, that you would go well beyond the words that I can speak, and Lord, you would deliver as only you can. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, uh, as you already heard, today's the fourth and final lesson of the Built to Last series. And as announced, I'm also going to give the 2018 financial report this morning. And this is something I've been doing for the past 27 years now. And for all of you Community Christian Church lifers, you know on Financial Report Sunday, I always include an inspirational message on tithing, and I give that to you free of charge. (laughs) 
Tithing, by definition, means a tenth or 10%. And the message of biblical tithing that I have preached here since day one is twofold. First, there's the acknowledgement that everything we have belongs to God. Everything is his already. David said that in Psalm 24 and verse 1. He said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The fullness thereof means everything. So everything that we own and everything that we have, everything that we enjoy and count periodically, it all belongs to him. And now I mean each and every blessing that we have received that has come from his hand. And so the acceptance of that truth leads us to the secondary aspect of tithing, which is to willingly give the Lord back, to give back to him, because it's already his, a tenth of our hard-earned money. And when I say give it to the Lord, I mean the local church. Because tithing is the system that God has designed for the church to thrive. It's the only way that the church of Jesus Christ can survive. It's the only way that we can prosper is with the tithe. This is the system that God has set up for us. And so whenever we talk about the tithe, as your pastor, the pastor of this church, the very first words out of my mouth are thank you. Thank you in a very sincere way for taking this message of tithing to heart and for your willingness to support the gospel message here at this church. And I've said this on many different occasions. I'll continue to say it over and over again. The people of Community Christian Church are some of the most generous people on the face of the whole earth. Amen. And last week in lesson number three of this series, I told you that generosity is paramount if you want a financial portfolio that is built to last. Generosity is not an ingredient that we incorporate or employ from time to time when it's convenient. Generosity is essential, and somehow it has to work its way into the very foundation of our financial house. Unfortunately, generosity is not a typical human trait. No one is born with an overwhelming desire to give all of their stuff away. On the contrary, we have a natural penchant towards selfishness and greed. And the more we have, the more we want. That's why from God's perspective, tithing is the absolute best way to break the back of selfishness and greed. Tithing is the way that God defeats or destroys the monster of more. And some of you won't believe this. Some of you will never agree with me. But on the authority of God's word and as your friend, I want you to know that tithing works in your favor. I'll say it again. Tithing works in your favor. And every time I talk about tithing, whenever I lay out the challenge, the 10% challenge, and make a, a strong case for it like I'm going to do this morning, uh, without question, undoubtedly some people will come to me and tell me why they can't tithe. And usually, uh, in addition to thinking, you know, confession is good for the soul... What they want to do is just tell me that they believe in the tithe and they accept it to be a part of 
God's word and, and, and it's something that God is using to keep the church going, but they just can't get there. They just can't make it happen. And so according to the experts, the number one reason why people don't tithe is because they say they don't have any extra money. And again, it usually is accompanied with the clarification that they wish they did. And they would love to get involved in all of the wonderful projects the church is involved in and participating in. They would love to be able to give some money to missions and to help the poor and to reach out to those who are less fortunate than other people. But they just can't do it because they don't have any extra money to give. At the end of the day or at the end of the month, there's just nothing left over. And so on one occasion years ago, after I had... Once again, talked about the importance of biblical tithing. A brother came to see me, and this is a brother who'd been around our church for a long time, good brother, good Christian brother, and he, he explained to me why he was not going to be able to give any money to the church that year. And he said, Pastor, I'm sorry, I, I just don't have anything left over. I don't have any extra. Currently, all my money is tied up in real estate projects. I can't even pay my own bills. I'm, I don't have any margin or any cash flow. And come to find out, this guy was engaged in uh, investments and projects where he had purchased three different properties worth about a million dollars. The guy was engaged in investments of up to a million dollars in real estate, but had no extra money to give. And then he went on to tell me that's the reason that people give anyway. From his perspective, that's the whole reason why people tithe is because they have a little extra to give. There's some leftover. And it's the people that have a little extra money. Those are the ones that are in position to give. Those are the ones who give. And the only reason they do is because they have it. Let me make a statement to you this morning. It's a pretty profound statement. Might be the most profound statement I'll make. I, you know, I look through my notes. I don't have much of anything else that's going to be that deep. <laughs> to tell you. So, so, you know, let me feed off of this one. People don't tithe because they have extra money. People don't tithe because they have extra money. Most people have extra money because they tithe. Again, as your friend, on the authority of God's word, I'm going to tell you the normal laws of money appreciation and multiplication greatly increase in your favor when you add the tithe to your portfolio. I can prove that to you with many, many different verses. And a long time ago, I learned that when you're willing to give up a little bit of your hard-earned money, when you take a huge step of faith, and you trust God with your finances. And when I say trust God with your finances, I mean give him back his 10%. Something in the supernatural realm happens for you. God throws open the windows of heaven. That's what the Bible says. And it's not because it's a little stuffy up in heaven. They needed some extra air. They open the windows of heaven up there so that they can pour out heavenly blessings. And this is what God does when we're willing to trust him, when we're willing 
to take a little bit of what he's given to us and give it back to him. And so again, in response to the tithing message, people like to tell me that they would love to give, but they don't give and they can't give because there's nothing there to give. And then people also want to tell me that they don't tithe because they say the little bit that they have to give isn't going to make a difference anyway. They tell me they make peanuts. And a 10% tithe on peanuts is nothing. it's, It's not even significant. And so they say, you know, instead of you taking the little bit that I have that's not going to make a difference for the church, I need it more than you do. Please let me keep my tithe. Well, how many of you know that the same God who can create something from nothing, and that's what he does, he's done in the past. If you don't believe me, read the first couple of chapters of the book of Genesis. He can create things out of nothing. That kind of a God, how many of you know he can multiply the little measly amount that we have to give him? He's able to do that. In fact, Revelation, uh, pardon me, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. The message uses the phrase, our wildest dreams. God can go beyond our wildest dreams. And with God, amount is never the issue, big or small. It's never about the amount. It's about our willingness to trust him and to obey the instructions that he's given to us. And you've often heard me say that when you give God his 10%, he'll bless your 90% to be even greater than the 100, but he'll also bless the 10. So everybody wins, not only you, but the kingdom of God. Okay, with that as a backdrop, I want to look at a, a story in the Old Testament found in the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, let's begin reading with verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Elisha was a prophet. He said, uh, this gal said, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said. How much did she have? Except a little oil. I got a little oil, she said. So Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. So she left Elisha, shut the door behind her. Her sons brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. So the woman went back and told the man of God, and he said, okay, go and sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. All right, let's talk about this story. Most of you have probably read it. Or have heard it. Uh, the Bible tells us here in 2 Kings that one day a man and a woman, they fell in love with each other. They got married. 
And shortly after that, they decided to raise a family. And so God blessed them with two beautiful children, two sons. And keep in mind that this is a good, God-honoring family. I mean, in addition to them wanting to serve the Lord and obey his commands during a very dark time in Israel's history, the man in our story is a part-time minister. He's enrolled in Elisha's School of the Prophets. And so as a family, they have this great desire to walk in the instruction of the Lord, to do things that are right. This man wants to hear from God. He wants to lead his family and make a difference in the world. And everything was going great until all of a sudden, without any advance notice, this man dies. Just dies. And apparently... The family is now in big trouble because they had a huge mortgage on their house. They were maxed out with their credit cards. And to make matters worse, he didn't have a life insurance policy. And when the bank came knocking on their door, his wife, who's now a widow, she completely freaked out. And who could blame her? I mean, they were in trouble financially. So she went looking for Elisha. And she cried out to him. And she said, what am I going to do? My husband is dead. We're deep in debt. Don't have any money to pay our, our bills. No money for food. And now they're coming to take my house and my kids. And so Elisha asked her a question. What do you have? What do you have? And do you remember her response? What did she say? Initially, she said, I have nothing, which is typically how we respond in those situations. I got nothing. <laughs> but then after thinking about it, what she said is, I've got this little bit of oil. That's all I have in the whole wide world is a tiny little bit of oil, not even enough to mention. It's a measly amount. It's barely breaking the surface at the bottom of my oil cruet. That's all I have in the whole wide world is a little bit of oil. And so Elisha said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get your two sons and I want you to go out into your neighborhood and lady, I need you to get aggressive here. I want you to go door to door, knock on every door that you can and ask your neighbors for some empty containers and some empty jars. And after you've gathered all of those jars, as many as you can, I want you to take them back into your house, shut the door behind you, and there in the presence of your sons, I want you to begin to pour out that oil that you have and fill all those jars up. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm that gal, that advice that Elisha just gave me makes no sense at all. I mean, maybe he didn't hear right. I said a little bit of oil. A tiny bit left. Not even enough to fill even one jar or a half of a jar, let alone all of the containers that I find. But instead of fighting with Elisha, even though she didn't understand it, she logically couldn't figure it out in her own mind, even though it made no sense to her, absolutely no sense, she needed things. 
Why would she want to pour it out? Even though it was hard for her to comprehend what the prophet was saying to her, she did it anyway. Because the prophet was actually giving her the word of the Lord. That's what a prophet does. He didn't just make that up on the spot. He was giving her the advice that was coming from the Lord. So she did what the prophet advised her to do. And after her sons and her, they collected all of these jars, they lined them all up, and they began to pour. And the scripture that we just read said that this little container of oil did not stop flowing into every single one of those jars were full all the way to the top. I mean, she was able to top off every single one of those empty jars. It's a pretty sizable miracle, isn't it? I mean, it goes against what we normally would expect to happen. I mean, you don't just read that and say, okay, that was a great story. You acknowledge it was supernatural. I want to illustrate it for you this morning. Just take a couple of seconds. Because oftentimes we can read over something, we can hear about it, and it just doesn't register. But when we see it, it, it speaks to us. So the scripture doesn't say how many jars this gal and her sons were able to collect from the neighborhood. Let's just say there were 14 that they got. And they lined them all up. And she went over to the first jar with this tiny little bit of oil. And she began to pour. And her and her sons watched the oil flow from this little container until it filled that jar all the way to the top. And then she went to the next jar and did the exact same thing. And it filled that second container all the way to the top. Then she took her jar with a tiny little bit of oil, a measly amount of oil, which she initially dismissed as having nothing, but then thought, okay, I have a little bit of oil. And she filled that next container and the next one and the next one. And she went all the way down the line until she was out of jars. And had she had one more empty jar to fill, guess what? It still would have flowed. Now, keep in mind that in those days, oil was in high demand. I would be willing to bet that most every family, all of her neighbors, had a little bit of oil. How many of you have a little oil in your pantry or in your house? Yeah. We've got in stock at all times extra virgin olive oil in our house. Most of you do too, probably. Oil was used for a number of different purposes in Bible times. It was used for cooking and for bathing, for cosmetics and for medicinal purposes. Everybody had oil. Everybody used oil. And so what Elijah told her to do after she filled up all of those jars of oil with this tiny little bit, measly amount that she had, he said, I want you to make a for sale sign. Put it out in front of your house. Oil for sale. And so she did. And within a number of hours or days, her neighbors came and purchased all of the oil that she had 
from this one little jar. From the jar that she said, initially there was nothing in it. I, have, I, I don't have much, just a tiny little bit. And here comes the best part of the story. It's contained at the very end. 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 7. Elisha said, with the proceeds that you have, the money that you made from the sale of your oil, here's what I want you to do. First, I want you to pay off all your debt. And secondly, you can live on what's left over. With the proceeds and the money that you made from the sale of that oil, I want you to pay off all your debt and then you can live on what's left over. In other words, this gal was set pretty much for life financially. She took some of that money, she paid off all of her debts, she paid the mortgage, the credit. Her and her sons, they called Dave Ramsey. They did their debt scream, their debt-free scream. I'm debt-free. And they took the rest of the money and they had enough to sustain them for the rest of their lives. Friends, don't look now, but this is the tithe message in living color. This story contains the secret to the tithe. Because the very first thing that God asks us to do is to pour a little, is to give a little. To give a tenth out of what we may perceive is nothing. And in our own minds, we don't understand it and we, don't, we can't figure it out. And maybe we think that that's not much, that's, that's an insignificant amount, and we need it more than anybody else. But God says, I want you to pour a little bit first. I want you to find some empty vessels, and I want you to pour that little bit into those empty vessels. And typically, that's what you do when you bring your tie to the church. If the church is doing its job, it's pouring out life into other people. It's preaching the gospel message. It's making the resources available to those who are in need. And we're going to look at that in just a few seconds. So first you pour a little bit. And then after you pour out, after you do that by faith, what happens is God's built-to-last money man management plan kicks into gear. And what he does is he provides you with all the necessary resources that you need to pay your bills, get out of debt, and live a comfortable, enjoyable life. That's God's financial plan. And as your friend, I want to say to you, it works, whether you believe it or not. And I'll continue to tell you that as long as I have breath. God's plan works. The world tells you, if you want to be financially free, then you need to work hard, maybe have two jobs, sell out to whatever you're doing, and start stockpiling stuff for yourself, and don't give any of it away. I mean, you're going to need every dime. So you just gather it all in as much as you can, and you invest it and you save it. That's what the world says. But God's financial plan, better than any other one you can get yourself involved in, there's some good ones says when you pour a little first, when you give a little bit back, you're going to yield a much greater return. And that's precisely what happened in 2 Kings chapter 4. And it's only one story. Tithing is God's way 
of not only helping us to overcome our human tendencies to be selfish, but also to release tremendous amounts of heavenly blessing that he has purpose for us. And he loves to prove himself on this occasion. And you talk to any tither, someone who has been doing it for a long time, someone who has practiced biblical tithing for years, and they will confirm what I'm telling you this morning. God's plan works. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.